Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. Vanessa Denha Garmo here. I'm really excited about our next guest. Um, we have been working on his book for several years. It's a testimony of his life, his journey and finding freedom while he served a life sentence behind bars. In fact, he was originally sentenced 60 to 90 years. He ended up spending less than 16 years in state prisons right here in the state of Michigan. And he now has a new book out called Freedom Behind Bars. Please welcome Tom Namey. Tom, how are you? I'm great. Hope everybody having a great day today. I'm a bit relieved after years of working on this book and hours and hours and hours of interviews with you. Uh, this book started as a cover story in what I used to own, the Chaldean News. I was a co-publisher of the Chaldean News. And we wrote a cover story about you. And I remember writing that story thinking, wow, this has to be a book. So what has been the journey for you writing this book and going back and revisiting, you know, what led you to prison and your years in prison? What was that process like for you? What led me to prison was arrogance, pride, hatred animosity, all that led me to prison. You know, you could have everything and have nothing because you get caught up into your own world. And, uh, that's what happens to, to people sometimes. And um, we need to find relief and we need to find a way out. And sometimes the secular world doesn't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The secular world will recommend a psychiatrist, a couple of pills, a couple of that. Take a, take a hit on the marijuana and you're going to feel better and all that stuff. But in reality, there got to be something greater than just the secular world. You know, we're all physical and spiritual. Everyone, even the people who don't believe that they are spiritual, there's a spiritual dimension to every person. Until they get in, they get in touch with their realities, who they are, and let it sink in. They'll never know who they really are. And the yeah. secular world has the sense of letting them think that, you know what, um, I'm fine. I don't need to listen to that babble. And uh, we get caught up in that. We get caught up thinking that I don't need no help. I got this. I can do this. And then you realize how fragile you are. And mm -hmm. sometimes our world falls apart. We make the wrong decisions. People contemplate uh, drugs, addiction, alcohol, suicide, and that's because they're not, they don't click on all cylinders on the inside. Some people mm -hmm. never heard the words, I love you, I care for you. Some people grew up, you know, never been cared for, and they always walk around uh, uh, chained to that metal ball to that weight of anger and hatred, frustration, because they knew they were never were loved. They were never told dad was never there. Mom was never there. And, uh, you know, people go through life with something missing deep inside. They don't know what it is. And they turn to everything else until they find out there is hope. And there is, when you start believing who you are and you know who you are, where you're going, things can work out. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the secular world don't want to hear that uh, um, God is there, but God is there. And uh, he identifies as the Lord Jesus Christ, and he does give people hope. And then it's hard for the secular world to believe it, but that is true. So a lot let me, of people 
and run away from that. Yeah. Tom, let's give a little backstory. Tom, uh, you know, will tell in his story, Freedom Behind Bars, that he was actually locked in prison long before he was physically locked inside state prison because he was locked in so many prisons uh, in vices like fear and anxiety and anger and resentment that led him into attempting four times to blow up your competitor's business, right? So four times, and then ultimately, you got to read the story to hear the whole story. But Tom ended up ultimately sentenced originally 60 to 90 years in prison. And he had a reduced sentence. And after 10 years of still harboring all that resentment, Tom finally found freedom. Tom, why did you want to write the book in the first place? What was your goal in writing your story? Well, you know, I think we all have a story and every story has a different ending and different beginning. But I think the road all leads to one thing. People want to be appreciated. People want to be loved. People want to know who they are and where they're going. And what happened is when, when everything falls, falls apart and then you realize that you got something that nobody else, you want to share it with the world and let them know that there is hope. It's not the end, but only the beginning. And we can do that by letting everybody know that, hey, you know, just because you failed before, my hope is that there's always hope and, you know, things will always come through. You don't have to run away thinking that there is no hope, there is no tomorrow. How many people commit suicide and because they're thinking, well, I'll be at peace once I leave this world, which in reality, the double mind to them with these thoughts, thinking that, you know, um, if I commit suicide, I'm going to be relieved from my trouble. That's a lie. And, the, you know? and Tom is not discounting therapy. You know, people do need therapy, go to see psychologists. But what Tom is saying is there's also a center within your spiritual realm with finding God. And you found your freedom through your faith, through your Christian faith. Right, Tom? Yeah. Amen. Not just I, hundreds of other men that I ministered to in prison and out here and thousands of others. And God worked with them and he healed them and he delivered them. And all those people wanted to know is who they truly were. All they wanted to know their true identity. So many people, why, why, is, why is the poor decimated always whether blacks or white or whatever they are the decimated asian mexican latin whatever they are they grow up defeated because they don't have all they don't get the nurture they don't get the love and they feel they're against you know against the hard rock and the wall they don't know which way to turn because there is no hope in life why do you think so many young men are willing to die just to make a quick buck? Because they feel there's no hope. I got to live my life today, no matter what happens, let it be. That's no hope. There's a lack of, there's a lack of love. There's a lack of knowing who we are. There's a lack of, of knowing where we're going. There's a lack of faith. There's a lack of belief. There's a lack of love. And that's what this book brings all about. Hope, faith, love. Let you know who you are, that you're a special person. You don't need to turn to drugs every day or, or to alcohol or this or that. You need to find yourself and know who you are to know where you're going. Mm -hmm. And we need, we need to look at it in the mirror and say, okay, you know, I'm going to stop being angry. 
I'm going to stop condemning. I'm going to stop being envious. I'm going to stop my hatred. I'm going to be more that I'm supposed to be instead of just trying to do what I'm not supposed to be. So Tom, you spent many years resenting and being angry over a competitor's business and you ended up actually on the FBI's most wanted list. I mean, you know, I know you tell your story and people think, why is this guy crazy? And I've seen people's facial expressions. The reality is you were highly publicized in the media because you were wanted by the FBI. You escaped to Iraq. It's all in the book. So tell us about, you know, you know, that anger that really you were locked in that prison for so many years before you even ended up behind bars. And after. Yeah. And after. Even after prison, I used to contemplate that I'm going to stay this hold up when I get out somehow. I knew I was going to get out someday. I didn't know how, but I knew I was going to stage this fake hold up and wound up my boys, my old gangs that I used to work for me. And I'm going to go there and I'm going to shoot everybody, blow their brains out. And I used to contemplate this, how I'm going to look in their eyes and enjoy that scene. And then later on, only to realize that those people are just human beings like me, like you, like everybody else. And everybody has the chance, uh, has the right to live and to be free. And when people make mistakes, it's not them that makes those mistakes. There's reasons why people live that way. They can't answer for those, for those questions. And you realize that everybody is special in the sight of God that everybody was created for a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And then you realize that all your thoughts, everything is so negative is wrong. You know, anger is destructive. Anger is the, the worst destructive force and the hatred. It's a powerful force. It can lead you to do many things that you do not want to do. This interview is airing on January 1st. So happy new year's to everybody. It's 2023. And Tom Naimi's book is a great way to start the new year. If you're somebody that is locked in prison or fear or anger or resentment, and you're walking around free as a bird, but you're really shackled by these vices, this is a great journey to take. And, and it's a great book club book. It's a great book for prison ministry. Uh, to, if you have friends and family in prison, it's a great book to share with them. And and, and Tom, in terms of looking at you know goals for the new year and and how to get out of these vices, I really think your book is a great way to walk through that. You know, your book is really targeted for many audiences. Can you share that with us as well? And I know the book is available at Amazon.com, so you can go to Amazon.com to find Tom's book, Freedom Behind Bars. But Tom, tell us about the the target audience that you intended this book for. Well, this book was supposed to be uh, the reason I wrote this book is. I've seen so many people that are always depressed, anxiety, they're anxious about everything, and this book will help them. It's not about selling a book. It was, I didn't write the book for money or anything. And you know that we talked about that many times. But I wanted people to know that there is hope. There is a way to get out of your vices. There is a way to get out of whatever you're stuck in. And, and if you think your marriage is bad, you just work at it a little bit. If you need to change, get rid of that anger, communicate better, and things will work out. And there is ways we need to get in, get in touch with our inner being. And that makes us 
better. And people know, uh, people need to know how. You know, we go through routine, uh, like we say, monkey see, monkey do, but we never learn the tools unless we go to a psychiatrist or we go somewhere, psychologist, and they give us the answer slowly but surely. I remember when I went to prison, they did the uh, psychoanalysis on me, and they were like, uh, this guy got to be crazy. Nobody's going to drive them drive a truck full of dynamite and gasoline unless he's mentally ill you know what i mean yeah and then yeah and then after the new time was emerging the doctor wrote this guy's more sane than i am you know wow he's more, yeah and we became friends and mm. and we would talk and everything and and uh she was like no this guy's more sane than i am he got more more answers than i do it wasn't me that had the answer. It was through analyzing, through the grace of God that I became who I am. Yeah, you started reading scripture and it was prison ministers who came to talk to you about your faith that really changed your life. You actually dedicated your book to the prison ministry. Absolutely. If it wasn't for them, I probably would have been still stuck there in that rut because in prison, they don't do nothing for rehab. They just put you there to be there. And that's what prison does. It doesn't do nothing for you. It, in, in reality, prison will make you angrier than when you go in. Hmm. When you out, you want to pay society back for all the things they should have did for you to help you. But if they didn't, all they do is lock you up and throw the key away. Yeah. You hear face stories. I mean, I know the fabrication on the media. Yeah, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists. It's all baloney. And no less, you're just a number, you yeah. know? Most of the people in prison is because they didn't have, they came from poor background. And, you know, I can relate to that. I can relate to all. I mean, we had good parents, but they were busy with their life trying to make make ends meet. You know, when you're poor and you're trying to make it, it's tough. It's not easy. Yeah. But when you don't have nobody, it's a hundred times harder. You know, you go up in the street, and the street become your God and the street and the drugs and the money become everything you know, because that's all you know. You see, mm -hmm. this book will give them, I think if they read it with an open heart, God willing will change a lot of men or women, their heart, their mind, their soul, and they'll become achievers. They'll mm -hmm. know they got where to go. Mm -hmm. That's what the book is all about. Mm -hmm. Not just about going to prison, coming out. It's about my story and many other stories of people who found hope and faith and freedom. That's why we're locked. The men in prison are locked up, but the people out here are worse than the ones that are locked up in prison because they live it 24-7. They're all in their hell, every one of them, and they need relief. Mm -hmm. That's what the book is all about. Yeah. So Tom, you know, you found freedom behind bars 10 years after being locked up and you still continue to serve about uh, almost six, six more years, five more years uh, doing prison ministry yourself with while still a prisoner. So you were praying and preaching and reading scripture and evangelizing the faith to other your cellmates while you're still a prisoner in prison. Yes, I'll, I'm going to tell you a little story. In the darkest hour, when you think there is no hope and everything changes. So one day 
I come out with four or five of my of my friends that were always together because you know uh, they say a bird together flocks a bird of a feather flocks together. When you become happy and excited and you know your purpose in life, you don't want to hang around those who pull you down and you're always in the dumpster. You know what I mean? And I came out, I came out to go eat. And it was lunch. And this like a guy was waiting for me outside. And he said, hey, man. I said, what? He said, how come you and your friends are always happy? I said, we got something greater than the world. He said, really? What is it? I said, we know who we are, where we're going. We got Jesus. He said, really? I said, yeah, really. He said, how do I get this? I said, go fill up your, your kite and follow us, and you're going to learn every week more and more about who you are. We have to know who we are in order to know where we're going. We can't go nowhere, nowhere until we get in touch with our physical and spiritual being. Until we get a hold of the inside of us, the pain and the hurt, and deal with it and move on, we'll never be able to be 100%. We need to move on, but we have to be healed to move on. You can't. People who have always depression, anxiety, they can't let go. Every day, same story. It's a nightmare. They play it over and over and over and over in their head, and it doesn't end. It never ends. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not smart enough. I should have been this. I should have done that. I shouldn't have got married. I should have got married. I, all that stuff, over and over. I'm going to go to Texas. I'm going to go to... I'm going to go to Cincinnati. I'm going to make a change. Nothing happened. They still call me. Oh, you know, I'm still, I can't get over You know why you can't get over it? Because you haven't dealt with it. Until you deal with the grief and you deal with your emotion. And it's like bearing a parent or a child and you never grieve. And later on, it hits you like a brick and knocks you out. Mm. The pain. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. We're talking with Tom Naimi. He is the author of his new book called Freedom Behind Bars. Uh, he tells his story of serving almost 16 years behind state prisons right here in the state of Michigan and what led him to prison. Uh, uh, four attempts to blow up as a competitor's business. He escaped twice to Iraq to escape uh, charges, and he ended up on the FBI's most wanted list. And he talks about finding freedom while still in prison. And it's giving people hope. That's the whole premise of his book, hope that there's hope in, in, in God and in faith. You're free to walk around this world, but you might be locked in so many prisons. Tom, you travel now all over the country and the world, uh, giving your testimony and in prayer ministry. You hear so many stories. What are some of the prisons people live in today, the emotional prisons that they live in today? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? What it, What is it? The biggest one is anxiety. They want to live like Hollywood. They want to be like movie stars. They want to be beautiful. They want to be great. They want to be slim. They want this. They want to get the Botox. They want to get that. Everyone that I see, these young girls, they're all crying because they're not what they're supposed to be. Well, you weren't meant to be, and you got to get realistic with life. God created you to be beautiful in your own way, and everybody is beautiful in their own way. And people need to know who they are and why they're that way. Not everybody's meant to be a doctor or a lawyer. 
not everybody's meant to be a movie star. Some people have to be mechanics and some people have to be carpenters and there's nothing wrong with that. But whatever you do, you have to be the best at it and you have to enjoy it and you have to love it to be the best at it. And that's what it is. Anxiety destroys people. And I'm talking about they're getting younger and younger and younger and younger because they all want to be what they're not. And that's the biggest problem right now. And guess what they do? They turn to the medicine cabinet and then that medicine cabinet after a while can help them. And some of them even wind up committing suicide because they feel there is no hope. So, and Tom, you have met so many people all over the globe. You'll continue telling your story. You know, um, I think you have such an important message to so many people, but particular people in prison. And I hope people do buy this book for their loved ones in prison. What is your message to people in prison today? Live today the best you can be. We always used to say in prison, you can only do one day at a time. But then you, you have some men who walk up and the, the walk up, they were bitter and angry because they never dealt with their inner being. And there were some men that were willing to deal and know today is another day that I'm going to better myself. So don't waste your time. We used to have this big sign at Jackson Prison when you walked in. If you think you have time to waste, you just wait and your time will waste you. Unless you know where you're going and unless you get in touch with your, with your spiritual being and get in touch with God, you will never have the satisfaction knowing who you are. But once you get in touch and you know who you are, prison or you're free, it doesn't matter. There's millions of people out there. They're free. They're not locked up in prison, but they're locked up in their own minds and their own vices and their marriages. And some of them have beautiful spouses. They create their own monsters because they don't know how to deal with themselves. The book, it tells them, listen, you have to set yourself free before you step out from behind those bars. Yeah. You have to be set free. Your mind, your spirit has to be set free in order to come out and be, you know how hard it is for a prisoner to go away for 10, 15, 20 years. It takes you three months to get a driver's license. You got to get five IDs. You don't have nothing but a state ID card. You don't have no family for backup support. It's hard. You don't have a job. You got you to gotta work for anywhere to make it and get going. I remember my son said, Dad, what are you doing here? I said, I'm working. He said, Dad, how are you going to buy a house? How are you going to buy a business? How are you going to do that? I said, son, one step at a time. I will sweep the streets if I have to for the honest day wages. And then I will do things in the right way, gradually and surely, systematically, they will happen. And they did. I went in business. I did things. I accomplished every goal I wanted to. And most of all, the greatest goal I wanted, I went to Canada, I went to Medjugorje, I went twice to Ireland, I went to Barnesville, Texas, I went everywhere, I went to Mexico, I went to San Diego, I went to Twin City, I on and on and on. I preached, I evangelized, and people would come from everywhere. The, the transition back into society after spending the amount of years you did in prison, Tom, is very difficult. But like you said, you took one day at a time you picked yourself up, got a job, you started a business, you bought yourself a home. You're able to do all these things despite the odds against you. Absolutely. It's a systematic system that you can work at it and do it right. Six months, I couldn't afford to eat at the restaurant. I used to count my pennies, how many, how many dollars I made. 
I drive by the restaurant. I go, no, can't afford it. Lunch meats and soup every day. And I'm not complaining. Thank you, God. The lunch meat I ate was at least fresh. Wasn't that green stuff I ate in prison. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Every day I had lunch meat and soup. I walk by these nice restaurants. I relish a steak. I go, no, lunch meat and soup until I get on my feet. You see, yeah. they sacrifice. You have to make sacrifices. You have to know who you are. You got to be willing. You got to be strong in your mind. You got to have that will. You can't give in to every desire that you want because the de desires will lead you astray. We have a few minutes left with you, Tom. I wanted people to understand you were you were an immigrant to the United States. You came here as a young child. Your parents are from ba uh, Iraq. You lived in Baghdad. And you came here not knowing anything, not knowing the language, not knowing the culture. And you ended up a bully, which kind of was like the prelude to doing what you did and ending up in prison. Well, that's what happened. You know, we were like odd creatures to them. For some reason, we were resented because we were different. And, you know, it wasn't good. They would, they would throw fire in our porch and bricks through our window and buckets of garbage through the windows at night. And, and we were wondering and, and that anger was building up. And then when we moved, we weren't accepted either. We were like, what's wrong with this picture? What is the crime we committed against these people? We have done nothing. But you see, that only shows you that ignorance plays a big role in our life when we don't know things and we're afraid of it. I mean, I used to walk every day from uh, Woodward to Bobian by the Werner's Pop Company. I used to go to school and catch my two buses from, from Seven Mile to Woodward, get off of Werner's by Werner's and walk about half a mile to work. And I had to fight all the kids there every day because I was different. I didn't hate those kids. They didn't even know why they hated me, but I think they assumed that the color had something to do with them. But we were brought up that way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That only tells you that people's thoughts and minds can play games on them because when they don't know something, they're afraid of it and they want to fight it. I grew up fighting my, my whole life. And when I got my business going, I built up an empire and I built up my produce company. And people wanted to threaten me and take my life out. And I did it with guns and bullets and this and that. It was a topic up were at the market. Some of them, they didn't play no games. I had already grew mean and dangerous. I was like a wild pit bull loose. And now, thank God for prison that it tamed me. Yeah. I <laughs> you were wild before you got to prison and prison oh, tamed you. It did. Yeah. Because... It took a long time. It took 12 years between the runaway to Baghdad and coming back. It took 12 years. God had to beat me down with two by four to start analyzing where I'm going wrong. What's wrong with my life? Yeah. Why do I look at people negative? And the first thing I realized that we all are the same human race. We all bleed the same. We're all people. We all have emotions. We all have hurts. We all need to deal with our inner being to be set free. And John 8, 36 and 8, and, and 8, 32 says, whom the Son of Man sets free is free, and, is free indeed. And if we get a hold of, of, of our inner being, we can never be set free. 
And that's what we're talking about, Tom Naimi's book, Freedom Behind Bars, How to Find Freedom. He found it while behind bars, while he was serving uh, 60 to 90 years in prison. He ended up serving less than 16. He, he had his sentence reduced. But it was during that time in prison that he found true freedom and was in prison for several years after that experience, evangelizing and ministering to other men in prison before he was able to get out. And now he has a new book telling his story to help others find freedom uh, from their own personal vices, whether it be anger or fear or resentment or hatred, whatever prison you might be living in. And, you know, you 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 don't discount getting uh, professional help, Tom. You're just helping them find a journey through faith. You used your Christian faith and scripture and Bible to help you find that in your relationship with God to help you find that freedom, correct? Correct. And I, I didn't only find it for me. I found it for many other brothers who were there and sisters who came who were volunteers. And some of them were workers, were workers in prison. I ministered to them too. I know that God is interested in every soul. He loves every soul. And when we live in that love, we can we can accomplish all things in life. That is all about. If you don't have hope, you can't make it. And yeah. every day, you know, you listen to the media, you turn the TV on, you think the world's going to end. And people, you know, get depressed. You see some of these guys that are in politics and uh, presidents or ex-presidents, they're building mansions on, on the oceans. And they're well, if the world's going to end, why are they building these mansions? We have to put on that. The thoughts of mind that are positive and know who we are, know where we're going, and know how to live in the proper way. We don't have to get excited about everything and and bring up our kids in the right way so they can have their mindset right, so they can be free. Tom Naimi, again, the book is Freedom Behind Bars. It's available on Amazon.com. Tom, I know you do go around speaking. Um, you know, the book is at Amazon.com. Do you want to give out information for you if people want to hire you to speak or tell your story or how can they reach you? 248-798-3634. And Tom's on Facebook. People can private message you on Facebook, find you on Facebook too. We all live in this world and we all must leave something better behind. We can't just come in and go without making a difference. Let's hope that each one of us will love our neighbor a little more and change this world a little for the little better. Tom Naimi, thank you so much for joining us. The author of the book, Freedom Behind Bars, available now on Amazon. Tom, thanks for joining us here on Itcher Community. Thank you. God bless you all. Thank you. Questions or comments or topics you want us to get to, you can get to me, Vanessa Dunhagarmo, by going to Epiphany Communications and Coaching. You can email me at info at epiphanyccc.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn or on Instagram or Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook. As always, we remind our listeners to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. We'll catch you next time here on It's Your Community. It's your community. A public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.